Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this, the latest episode of the HR Tech Chat video podcast. I am your host, Brent Skinner, co-founder of 360 Insights, and with me today is a very special guest, Michelle Randall, who is Chief Marketing Officer at Playvox. Welcome, Michelle. Oh, thank you so much, and I'm so honored that you said I was special. I'm going to take that for the whole day. (laughs) Well, you are. I mean, this is, you know, uh, as viewers of the podcast know, we typically have conversations um, with our guests before we actually do the podcast. We like to get to know them and what they do. And and you are a very special guest and Playbox is a very special company. Um, And this is a really we'll stay with the uh, with the theme special topic today. Um, Playbox um, is is a company that you you put together sort of workforce uh, management types of type of uh, HCM type of uh, solutions specifically for call centers, and and we don't do enough of that here at 360 Insights. There's a huge just cornucopia, long tail of companies out there that specialize in specific industries when it comes to human capital management, workforce management, this sort of thing. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation today. And uh, and I'd love to give you just an opportunity here, if, if you would please just introduce yourself maybe to our audience, you know, what what makes you tick, uh, what what brought you to Playvox, um, just a little bit of your background, and then we'll and then we'll get into the topic, which I think is super interesting. Well, excellent. Uh, so, so I can wax poetic about Playvox for quite a long time. I'm less comfortable waxing poetic about myself. But uh, in terms of what makes me tick, I am really passionate about delivering on the customer promise and customer experience. I've spent most of my life in sales, marketing, ran a contact center for a period of time. So I feel like I come at it in a pretty unique way in that I've marketed to folks who have the delight of managing contact centers along with having one roll up to me as well. So it's a really, I I have a real affinity for this space and this industry, and there is nobody in the world more down to earth than someone that's been in customer experience for most of their career. Uh, That's, that's a great statement. I mean, that, that, that says a lot right there. And, 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 you know, I'm, Call centers. Yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit about them. You know, it takes a special kind of person to yeah. work at a call center. Not everybody can do it. Um, uh, super, super quick story. I worked at a call center many, many years ago. I won't tell the audience exactly how many years ago it was, but it was long ago when the technology was very very different but anyway um i worked there one summer when i was going to college and and um and i don't think i'd ever do it again but there were people there who were really good at it and they liked it um but but it takes a certain special sort of um uh you know strategies it's very important to help safeguard call center staff's well-being like their their you know work-life balance this kind of thing um and there are certain strategies that companies can sort of uh deploy or 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 avail themselves of to help do this um could you maybe talk about this a little bit and how playbox fits in 
Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, one of the things you always have to remember, Brent, is nobody ever calls a contact center or call center to say, I am just so delighted. Thank you so very much. So it really does take a unique personality to deal with customer issues and customer challenges day in, day out, no matter what. So where Playbox comes in is we really focus on employee engagement and empowerment. And we do that through our solutions, our workforce engagement solutions, which include workforce management, which you mentioned, and quality management. Mm -hmm. And really what we're trying to do is make sure that we optimize on a given agent's schedule preferences and things like that. But also there's nothing worse than being an agent and not feeling prepared to answer increasingly complex questions, whether that is you know, over text or over social media, over email, et cetera. So our quality management solutions help provide that mentoring and coaching and mm -hmm. end up provides coaching um, for, the, for the agent. So yeah, it's a it's a very difficult job. The other thing that I would I would say is most companies approach customer experience as if we could just get folks to stop contacting us to give more self-help, then we improve the customer experience. So they do that by you know, delisting the number on the website or only making um, text-based contact as an option. We take an, a different approach because we think that if you improve the life of an agent, so if if you can empower and engage that agent through motivation, through like gamifying um, your key goals and things like that, then you'll 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 absolutely improve the customer experience. So you know we joke, not even joke, but we talk about you know happy agents make happy customers, and that makes so much sense. And if you think of some of the interactions, the really the the good, the bad, and the ugly that you've probably had in your lifetime, a lot of the difference is who you spoke with or who who you texted with. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you've inspired me. I'm I'm kind of going through my mind. Which of my utility companies should I call the customer service and tell them they've done a great job? I, I feel like I want to do that for somebody now. I think that would just fall over if, you, if someone just called and said, I just want to thank you. My bill was correct and I have I have electricity today. So just thank you. I'm so glad you brought up the electricity one. Yeah, because that's something we talk about um, in HCM all the time. I've had these conversations with plenty of people. Nobody calls uh, to say that, hey, thanks for the the power came on today when I flipped yes. switch. Great job. Uh, it's kind of like that with payroll too. You know, nobody calls up the company and says, hey, you paid me correctly today. Thank you. You know, it's only when yes. things go yes, wrong, yes, yes. and and you need these people, these bulwarks there to to handle all of this. It's really interesting. Um, you mentioned the, the the customer experience, and now it's just uh, inextricably intertwined with the employee experience, and that. Uh, of course, I mean, right? Yeah, but it but makes so much log logical sense, and it's sort of funny that we we have to say it. I know, I know. It's so funny. It just doesn't. 
I don't know how how we got here, but here we are, you know, trying trying to explain to people, yeah, your customers will be happier if your employees are happier. Uh, right. But it's so true. I think Richard Branson said it, um, the uh, Virgin Atlantic, the, um, you know, the, 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 the airline, you know, he said, you know, the I'm, I don't even know the quote, but it was about keeping your employees happy. And if your employees yes. are happier, your customers will keep coming back. And it, it's so true. We talk about, you know, Harvard Business Review wrote many years ago, about 20 years ago, they had a series of articles that came up with this concept of this, um, this idea concept called the service profit chain. It had to do with retailers and floor associates, brick and mortar kind of stuff. That's dating myself a little bit by saying brick and mortar, but in any event, you know, the more satisfied employees are in their job or the more engaged they are, um, the better of a, of a work experience it is, the better work-life balance they have, the more, uh, the more apt they are to, to treat the customers well and to go the extra mile and then the customers will keep coming back. And it's one of these things that's very tough to show on a conventional accounting sheet. You know, how do, how do you show that in formula in a, in a in an accounting sheet, and I think it's because, whereas we can measure what is uh, you know a cost savings, right. we can't measure uh, a potential uh, revenue windfall, right? Because you don't know how much it's going to be, so it's very so you can't just say it's going to be X amount because you don't know how much it's going to be, and I think that's one of the things that kind of um, um, of uh, you know is a little bit frustrating or, or difficult or vexes people when they try to actually quantify this stuff. But it's absolutely true, and and maybe you could go into a little bit more about what what that looks like in practice because a lot of people they they and forgive me as I pontificate just a little bit more here, but to set it up a little bit more, right? It's one thing to understand that the customer experience rely, you know, hinges on the on the employee experience. But how do you how do you actually combine the two? How do you treat them as one? That to me is the real key. So a couple of things. So one, I would challenge you on on your statement about, hey, we don't really have metrics to manage if one leads to another. Because I would say if you have an outstanding customer experience, you'll see an increase in wall in in share of market. Mm. And sorry, in market share or in share of wallet. So if if you spend X amount with a company today and you have a terrific service with them, obviously you're going to continue to spend more, buy more products. You can also look at, you know, in the agent world, what's what is what does attrition, uh, attrition look like or retention look like? Hmm. So um, in the contact center world, I mean, most contact centers are, are revolving doors. It's a hard job and folks are, you know, not easy to retain because it is such a hard job. And a lot of times they're hiring 40% of their staff every single year. So then when you think about it, like if you're going through that kind of change, you also have to make sure, well, how am I mentoring folks that are coming on board? How am I getting them up to speed easily? How am I scheduling them to account for one person does social media really well, but one person is much better on the phones. So mm -hmm. I would say there are things that you can measure to see if you have indeed happy employees and those lead to better customer experiences. And then in terms of your question of like, how do you link the two or what are some of the things that you can do for your agents? 
So I mentioned, you know, putting quality management in place. A lot of times I had a contact center roll up to me, which I mentioned. And when the contact center gets really busy, the first thing that happens is training goes out the window and those mentoring and coaching sessions go out the window. And so you have to make that sacrosanct, like just absolutely sacred. The, and one of the ways you can do that is by effective scheduling. So, so if you know, for example, like, Hey, I want to have so many mentoring sessions and, you know, I have this many multi-step interactions and things like that, you can forecast more effectively and then you can schedule more effectively. I have talked to companies and our customers who are scheduling everything on spreadsheets, which blows me away because in some cases it's 1500 agents. I can't even imagine doing that on many, many spreadsheets. And then they talked about, and we had, they had five global workforce managers. They were all using a slightly different process. No surprise, one of the levers that you have when you have um, agent happiness is their schedule. Like, is their schedule right? Did you accommodate that Brent needs to leave every Wednesday at three o'clock to see his kid's soccer game and Michelle needs to leave every Friday at one o'clock for a, teacher, a parent teacher conference? So you have to think of those and it's so almost enraging for an agent to, to put out their schedule preferences and have them ignored or have mistakes get made. Like that's a, that's a really big thing. The other thing you can do is you can tie your KPIs to motivation and to the agent metrics so they can have a, a part of the bigger picture. Mm. So if, for example, you want a first contact resolution to go up every time that a particular agent or set of agents or team sell, you know, has an, a 90% first contact resolution, then you celebrate that and you do it through a reward. You can do gift cards. You can do like, Hey, just want, we have a karma store so you can send good karma and points like that. So you can do a lot of things to engage your employee population and making sure that the company goals and objectives also roll down to the agents and they know that they're part of that bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, all great points. And the one that that really stuck for me is 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 making sure that that mentoring and that learning happens no matter what, because yeah. call centers do get crazy. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. And it, yeah, and that and that in and of itself is an engaging thing, right? If you're if you're only if you're mired in you know customer um, you know queries and everything, and and that's it. You, I could see somebody burning out very quickly. You think yes. about, you know, we're not talking about just, you know, you know, just, you know, flower delivery companies or things like that. I mean, not to disparage them at all. They're important, obviously. But, you know, a lot of call centers might be supporting, you know, a very complex product. You know, there might be, you know, software as a service um, you know, HCM technology vendors who have call centers that, um, and these people, you know, imagine the, the, the brain drain when you have that huge, you know, that, that revolving, uh, that turnover, right. You, you want people on the team who understand the product and are going to stay. Um, and it's so important. So, so very so, important. So before you move on, I actually have two customers that I can give as an example. So we yeah. have one customer called 5CA. They're a European company and they provide tech support inside of games. 
So think about gamers. They don't want to leave their game because they're having problems. So, and they're a super tech savvy audience. So they enable tech support inside the game itself, which is really, I find that fascinating. Yeah. Another company, MongoDB, again, super tech audience and engineers are their quote, quote, agents. And so those folks, you know, to your point about brain drain and needing to engage, the agent has really changed from what we used to think about of, you know, lining up first year graduates in a row in a contact center. Because now we've been able to, you know, through AI and automation, let agents and customers self-serve. When, when somebody gets a query, it's usually way more complex than ever before. And it often requires multiple steps. So you might have to go to billing, you might have to go to membership services. It's not the one and done, hey, tell me what my balance is, because all of that is automated. So when you take the two examples with actual like engineers on the other end to try and help a very tech savvy audience, things dramatically change. You know, um, just to add some levity here, I'm probably that as much as I want to call a call center and tell them thank you, um, I'm probably one of those guys that they can't stand because I I press keep pressing zero so I can speak to a person and ask them who my balance <laughs> what my balance is even though <laughs> I could have told me. Uh, but anyway, I won't tell any of our customers that you're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this podcast will be viewed by many. So in any event. Um, we talked about change, um, you know, and and I think this is a nice pivot or segue here because one of the um, one of these days we'll 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 stop talking about the the ramifications or the long you know long shadow of that that that, that the pandemic cast, but right now we're very much in that shadow still. And some very interesting things happened in the uh, call center space. So let me sort of set the table here. I know a little bit about it, but you know way more. Um, I understand that call centers were, you know, have been slow to adopt. Um, maybe that's the word, or they've been cautious. Maybe that's a better word, cautious and conservative in terms of adopting the cloud, for instance, and maybe some other, maybe some other. Um, uh, technological innovations as well, but certainly the cloud. And um, but then the pandemic came along and it kind of precipitated or, or accelerated uh, a little bit of a trend toward the cloud, sort of accelerated that. But there's also this idea that that, um, that you know, right in the, the term call center, there's the term, the word center, right? And kind of wow. connotes that there's a place that everybody goes to work at the call center. Um, and then they go home at the end of the day. Um, but that's one of the other things that the pandemic kind of accelerated a trend, you know, this idea of it not being an actual physical central location, even though it's a call yeah. center. Um, what are some of the things that are going on today in the call center space that might not have been the case, say, three, four years ago? So you nailed it in that the pandemic did hasten the movement to the cloud because what people found is when you couldn't have a whole group of agents, I mean, you remember we were home for months at a time when the pandemic first hit and no longer could you send a bunch of agents to a central hub. So you had to enable them working at home or in another location. And the only way to do that is through the cloud. 
So mm-hmm. that is that is that has shaped the workforce today. And just like you and I enjoy work from home and more flexibility, so so do agents. And so we did a survey at Playbox about a year, year and a half ago, that actually quantified that 60% of the agents in the survey said they would look for another job if they were forced to go back to the office. And again, go back to the point of, you know, attrition and retention are the biggest challenges in the contact center space. And a lot of times salary is your highest cost next to maybe your real estate. So a couple of things come out of that is you've, you've spent all of this time, energy, money, um, training an agent, you don't want them to take that skill set and go to your competitor or go to another contact center where they have more flexibility. So that's been a really big change is you, you see now there isn't that concept of center for many, many contact centers. And in fact, um, one of the companies that I mentioned, they have been 100% work from home since long before the pandemic, which I thought was really interesting. So yeah. 5CA has always been um, work from home since, you know, for a long, long time. Mm. So I that's one trend. But then the other thing is when you're in, you also then have different challenges. So you're in a center and it's easy for a supervisor to walk around and say, hey, Brent, you look kind of down. Are you okay? You know, mm. can, can I help? Is I know you just had a tough call or a tough interaction. You know, what could I do to make things better, et cetera? Well, now that's all gone as is the training that you inadvertently get when you're listening to someone who is sitting beside you or you're just hearing the chatter of like, oh, I just emailed this person and Mm -hmm. really tough inquiry and here's what my response was. So you also have to use tools and technology to engage your workforce no matter where they are. Mm -hmm. And again, go back to, you know, AI driven scheduling and things like that so you can accommodate the forecast, the schedule, and and get real-time adherence. Because if everyone's working from home, but you don't actually know what they're doing, maybe they're mm-hmm. manually logging things, then you mm-hmm. don't know like, oh, I really needed that person to respond to social media queries, but they're not. Why? Like mm-hmm. what's going on? Whereas our solution will give you that real-time adherence report and say, okay, Brent was, Brent was scheduled for email, but it looks like he's doing a lot of after interaction work, like what's going on and are we not giving him enough time or do we need to do some coaching and mentoring? So a lot of things change with the move from to work from home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and, and you just kind of uh, touched on how how Playbox can help, you know, in terms of tweaking, fine tuning the uh, the customer experience by paying attention to that employee experience or uh, to uh, to employee performance uh, anyway, right? And maybe maybe that's a good segue here to you know some of this move to to the to to the cloud. And uh, it's 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 precipitated some flexibility and scheduling and shifts and these sorts of things, uh, and it's also sort of helped to uh, bring about better employee satisfaction and improving the customer experience. Maybe you could expound on that a little bit more. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's super logical if you give somebody flexibility so that they can leave at the time that they need to or pick up kids at two o'clock in the afternoon and then come back to work later in the day or whatever it looks like. Mm -hmm. When you give people that flexibility and that trust and you engage them through, you know, motivational techniques and making sure that you're recognizing them on a regular basis, all of that leads to higher satisfaction and guess what? Higher retention. And then that satisfaction spills over to the customer experience because you have to be a pretty tough person to take the, the interactions day after day after day to your, to the point we were talking about at the beginning of nobody's, nobody is contacting you because they're super happy. They're contacting you because they're in desperation and something is really, really wrong. And they've, you know, if it's me, I've already gone through all of the self-help. I've already like done everything I can. So I don't actually have to talk or text with a physical person. And it's only as my absolute last, excuse me, last. Uh, resort. Yes. Last resort. Thank you for that. <laughs> for that. Uh, that I will actually reach out to a contact center. So the more that you can do to make their lives better, the better customer experience they are empowered to deliver. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where do you think this, where do you, I, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball, but. Oh, but it, oh I, no. Well, well, I think you'd be fine. Uh, where do you think this industry is going in terms of where do you think call centers are going? Um, it's a big question. You can focus on maybe oh. just a couple of things, but especially, um, you know, as it relates to, to what Playbox does. Yeah, so that's a great question. And, you know, thankfully I am prepared. <laughs> so I figured you would I've be. Been around, I've been around for a little bit. So I think what what we're seeing is when somebody does reach out to a contact center, they are absolutely, it's much more complex than it ever was before. So agents themselves are much more mature, have a lot more experience, are a lot more skilled than agents of the past. The other thing that's happening is AI is being infused in the contact center, both to help agents better help consumers, but also so that they can better do their work. And in terms of where Playbox is going, so you know, one way you can do, let's just take like quality management. One way to do it is you pull two to 3% of the interactions and you score those and you spend a fair amount of time identifying issues as opposed to fixing them. So we have something called auto QA that does a mix of auto, auto scoring, like helping you sort of pinpoint what's actually going on on select interactions but also analyzing sentiment and the sentiment analysis is across all interactions. And then you can filter on, let's say a certain software was released by your company and you wanna see like, what, what's the sentiment around the software? You can say, oh, it's all neutral or it's all positive or it's all negative. And the only way to get that in the past is would be literally to talk to your agents and say, Hey, are you know are the phones ringing off the off the hook, or you know what are the emails that you're getting, etc. And now you can say, oh, okay, out of all of these interactions, this was the sentiment. So I think in the future you'll see continuation of an expansion of AI. You'll see, you know, agents are going to be much more skilled and continue to be much more skilled than they were in the past. 
And then, you know, personalization, using data insights. There's a lot of data that contact centers constantly pull. You know, I, I used forecasting and scheduling as an example, but that will just increase over time. And so feeding them to the folks that are running a contact center so that they can make better decisions because data just for data's sake doesn't help you. It's, it's what is the data telling me? Yeah. And how would I shift my business as a result of what this data is telling me? We're talking about analytics. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Analytics yeah. and and making sure that you're making recommendations based on the analytics that you have. Prescriptive analytics. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's, you know, this is. This is fascinating. I'm looking at the time and uh, I always wish these podcasts could go so much longer, but you know, this is a really, this particular industry call center that's where, you know, a lot of those issues with employee experience and engagement and, and employee well-being, all these kinds of things, they're really just amplified and they're right there, like mm, right there. And, and it's, so it's really fascinating to, to hear about, company like Playvox and what you're doing uh, that's really solving these issues. And I think a lot of other industries and a lot of the other you know, providers honestly could learn a lot from what Playvox does to uh, kind of apply that to other industries. So let's, let's hope that they, that they listen in here. Cause I think, I think there's a lot to learn here. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. It's been an absolute pleasure. An absolute delight for me as well. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely.